Welcome back to Effort Over Everything Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Klepa, and on today's episode, we have CrossFit Games athlete, entrepreneur, and just awesome guy, Jacob Hepner. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. How about his boxing match? Of course, we bring up his upcoming boxing match with Josh Bridges, where they're going to do an incredible job of transferring the skills and the strength and the conditioning that they've developed through CrossFit into another sport, and I cannot wait to watch it. Of course, we dive into that. We also dive in this idea of entrepreneurship, what it was like graduating college with a math degree, and then transferring that into the business side of the house. He has multiple different businesses, multiple different partners. I've known him for quite a while through CrossFit, but I've also known him because of the interactions we've had on the business side of the house. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I do. If you do, rate it, review it, share it with a friend, let me know what you think. And as usual, don't forget that if you're out there and you're a coach, if you're a business owner, make sure you look at the NC Fit Collective, the world's best session plans and programming and business tools and coaching development. But also if you're an athlete out there in your garage or training the gym and you want to check out a new app, our new NC Fit app is awesome. And I hope you guys can go check that out. Now, let's have an amazing episode with Jacob Hebner. Let's get after it. So we, 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 we get on, uh, we get on the recording here and I see you in your car and I'm like, bro, wh- why are you in your car? And so tell me again, why are you in your car taking a podcast instead of doing it at home or I guess anywhere else, but inside your car? So if you go on any podcast where I've been on, you'll see I'm either in my truck. Well, usually I'm just in my truck and I'm at, I'm at one, oh, what the heck? I'm at one of two places. Sorry, my someone called me. I'm at one of two places. I'm either here at a coffee shop, which is where I'm at now. It's like a mile down the road because my service at home is terrible. Or the best service, if you want the best video quality, like the creme de la creme, it's a gentleman's club down the road. has an AT&T tower in their parking lot and it is like the f- most fantastic service you've ever seen in your life. So do you kind of look like a creeper then? So do you ever just park your truck right outside a gentleman's club and just sit there for like an hour or two? So let's see, I was on a podcast with Savon last week and I was there for two hours, Jason. Two hours. Did, did, anybody, my, say, did anybody walk by your car and say anything? No. I'm like, one of these days, my pastor's going to drive by and be like, hey, Jake, uh, I saw you at the strip club for two hours on a Wednesday. You want to, <laughs> you want, you want to talk about it? And I'm going to be like, I don't know, man. I'm doing a podcast. They're easy to be like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, sure, sure. Dude, it's so funny. So one of our gyms used to be next door to a uh, uh, just a, a very sketchy spot. Gentlemen's yeah. club, but but a step a step further. And okay. men used to just sit in their car and wait outside. We would see them, right, because we would just be – and, and yeah. the, the women would just walk up to the car, and you could just watch. It's like observing like a, like a, a, a show, right? The guys just sitting there in their car. Woman walks up, kind of knocks on the window. The guy's kind of like, you know, says something, something, and they walk inside together. And so that just reminds me of that. So hopefully no one comes up to you and uh, you can just keep doing your podcast at the Gentleman's Club. Curbside service. Curbside service. Cur- it, was best, no, it was before COVID. <laughs> curbside service. So it's good to catch up, man. We were on the phone the other day. And, uh, dude, I, I just think you're a guy that wears a lot of hats. And uh, if I found it to be really interesting. And I wanted to talk about a variety of different things in particular. Obviously, you know, there's quite a few people who know you because you competed in CrossFit for a while. But um, it seems to me like you have a lot of businesses. And I mean, like a lot. And so I'm curious, you stopped competing in CrossFit this last year, right? So you kind of announced that in February, March timeframe. So talk me through what does that process look like? Because for me, um, I know that you and I both competed I competed at 14 and 15 games. I competed in 15 on a team and 14 as an individual. I know you competed in both those games as well. Um, but my, my question for you is, you got into competing, you competed at the CrossFit Games for years. How did you know it was the right time to kind of switch gears? Because for me, the gear was switched for me. My daughter got sick. It was a really easy decision. And I always wonder till this day, like, man, it's tough because you're, you're kind of, you're in that realm for so long. How did you know it was time to pivot? And then uh, what challenge did you foresee with that? So the funny part is, is I'll, I'll take that story one step further. I love telling stories. Um, so you probably had your hand, what you didn't know, you probably had your hand into some of that decision-making and you may not know that. So we'll talk about it right now. So in 2014, 
um, was my rookie year at the games. And we have, of course, the first workout, we swam. Jordan Tron made us look like slow, uh, just walruses in the water. Yeah, flopping yeah, around, right? yeah. <laughs> and then we got to do overhead squats. And so all of us got the overhead squat more than Jordan because Jordan get, got a zero. We, I love Jordan, but that's just a funny story I tell. Well, luckily, I had the blessing of being in the lane next to you. And I remember you actually telling me I was having a good time, just having fun. I, I was going to suck at overhead squats. I wasn't there to win the darn thing. Pretty sure I hit like. 305 and I was stoked beyond measure, right? And I remember you pulled me aside in the middle of it in between our rest periods, and you were like, Hey, he goes, I'll give you a word of advice. You said, uh, always enjoy what you're doing. Have a smile, enjoy what you're doing. Because if you don't enjoy it, then it becomes a job and treat it like it's a fun hobby. And that stuck with me, right? For many years. And so for many years, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And then 2020 came around. And it was kind of a questionable year for a lot of things, right? You know, like, are we going to have the games? You know, are we even going to have to go to the grocery store? A lot of things are up in the air. And I remember thinking, man, I'm not really enjoying this right now. This isn't super enjoyable. And I sat down and I kind of took stock of, like you talked about, what do you enjoy right now? Like, what are you enjoying? And I remember thinking, man, I really enjoy my rest days. For obvious reasons, it wasn't because I wasn't working out. I enjoyed my rest days because I was getting a lot of business done. I could, I could work with a lot of people I enjoyed working with. I could create some things, use some creativity, go, go create concepts and, and go work with people. And I really enjoyed that. It wasn't just the idea of I could be a slob and eat pizza and not go work out. And I thought to myself, man, if I'm really enjoying that, maybe I should consider the concept of maybe it's time to put that hat down. And so I talked about it more with my wife and, um, and I'm sure as is the case for you, as is the case for most everybody, is uh, you kind of define yourself, right? You're like, I'm Jason Khalifa. I am a CrossFitter. I am Jacob Pepper. I am a CrossFitter. And I think to myself, one person shouldn't define themselves by one word too much. You shouldn't become so ingrained on it. Because if you lose it, who who is Jason Khalifa now? Yeah. And um, so I decided, you know what? It's a good opportunity to step down. Uh, I wasn't like I was leaving the sport. Same as you. Like, I'm not leaving the sport that's given us everything. Instead, I'm just going to take off this hat, put it to the side, let it get a little dusty, and then put on a different hat inside of our space. And so I decided, okay, I decided that like in late 2020. But I, of course, I wanted to put a couple uh, things into motion concerning um, you know, boxing and a bunch of other random things. I want to I connect some dots and make some things happen before I announce it to the world. Because you want to sh- kind of show a plan. You don't want to be like, hey, I'm out, guys. See you. Like, deuces. Uh, so we kind of laid some, some groundwork for some companies and some businesses. But, yeah, it was kind of the concept that you kind of brought around without knowing it was the idea of you're not having fun. If it's not enjoyable, if it's not the enjoyment of your day, why are you spending time doing it? We have a finite amount of time. It's a really interesting topic that you bring up. And, you know, back in 2014, when I provided that, I I really felt strongly about that then. And I actually still feel just as strongly about that today. Um, There are uh, exceptions to the rule, but in general, in CrossFit, right, there's a very select group of people that could actually treat it like they don't, they don't enjoy it or maybe they enjoy it a little bit, but they're there for business. It is their work. It is, they're after it because there's only a select group of people that actually make enough money to provide for their families and create trajectory. And I think that when you get into the sport, and this is for advice for anybody, uh, you know, the money doesn't come quick and doesn't come easy and the fame doesn't come quick and the fame doesn't come easy. And so if you get into it for money and fame, you're going to learn really quickly that when your back is up against the wall in a very challenging situation, those things are just superficial and you'll never be super successful at certain things because CrossFit games are hard. And if you're only there to get famous, like, dude, you're not going to be the guy who tries to win an event and leaves it all out on the line necessarily to get famous. You have to have something deeper internally, right. Of why you're doing it, having fun, enjoying the process, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I wanted to touch base on something. I thought it was really interesting. So when you, when you look at yourself as like, let's just say a CrossFit athlete, or you look at yourself as an entrepreneur or whatever it is, if you attach yourself too much to something and part of your identity is this, I also wonder what that does psychologically if you don't perform to your expectations. So let's just say you go to the games and you know you had a couple, you had some good good finishes in sure. the top ten. But let's just say you your identity was like I'm a CrossFit Games athlete, and if I don't finish in the top five, whatever, et cetera. But then all of a sudden that leads you to a state of depression because you're so deeply ingrained and attached to something that's like as a I wonder, do you get what I'm saying? I wonder how that works where you're so identified as that, 
that then your performance can impact on how you feel as a human, you know, which is a totally different level. And then you get into a savage circle of, I don't perform well if I'm depressed or not enjoying what I'm doing. So let's say I, let's say I go to the games and I get 40, if I take last. Right. And then I'm like, ah, oh, should I call myself across the games? Do I deserve to be there? Well, of course I deserve to be there, but I expected to function better. I expected to perform better. And it's a savage circle of, well, then I go back and think, well, should I be doing this? They're not enjoying it. And then it just keeps going in a circle of I'm not doing well. I'm not performing. You see that happen with athletes. And I think, that's the issue with some younger athletes is they define themselves by one word. They're not fluid. Like throughout our lives, like unless you were born, you know, playing piano like Mozart and you played throughout the rest of your life, you and I aren't going to define ourselves by one thing throughout our whole lives. It'd be wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but we're going to be fluid throughout our lives. Who I am now at 31 is going to be different than who I am at like 41. Like I'm going to be a different human being. I might still own companies, but I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be a CrossFit Games athlete to a lot of people. And so you have to be fluid with how you define yourself. And if you define yourself into one corner as I'm a CrossFit Games athlete or I'm an Olympic lifter or I'm an Olympic athlete, sooner or later, those things disappear. Those things you win, those things you accomplish, those awards, they get dusty. They don't define you. And at some point, you define yourself by what have I given to society. Now, granted, Jason Kalipa has given a lot to CrossFit. You have helped grow the sport as the Scott Panchik, as, as myself to a degree. We've all given something and provided something to the sport and helped it grow. But at the end of the day, people are going to be like, what has Jason Kalipa done? And they'll sit down and think, oh, well, he provided me a job at a gym or he pulled me out of depression and showed me fitness or he did this or he did that. And that's the important thing is it'll travel on in your life. Not that you're competing in what you placed. For sure. And so I know you're not at the gentleman's club right now. You're at the coffee shop, but you're in, you're, you say you're you in the say. middle of Kansas, right? Actually, I don't even know where you're at. You might, you might be at the gentleman's club. Oh, you're going to show me. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, so you're at, uh, so you're in the middle of Kansas. Now, like when I think about Kansas, I mean, I have a certain perspective. Now I'm coming from California. <laughs> of course you, of course you do. No, you probably have a certain perspective on California and you've, I'm sure, well, you came out here uh, for the games and you've experienced it. Uh, so what is life like where you're at? What, what, like, is it as flat as I think it is? So actually, Jason, I was born and raised in San Joaquin Valley for 16 years of my life. I'm from Merced. So I am a, I'm a Californian at heart, born and raised. Yeah, so what brought you out to Kansas? Uh, so we moved out in the middle of high school. Of course, I moved out with my parents. Um, we lived uh, we lived in an agriculture community and outside Merced, very small town. I went to a, a very ag-related community. Um, you know, I grew up in a bunch of, inside a bunch of almond orchards pretty much. And or Ammon, depending on who you are. And uh, we moved out. The state was expensive. The taxes were high. And life is slower out here. Life is cheaper out here. And it wasn't growing as fast. And so it was just a better way of living. That's my parents' shows. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Every time I go back to California, I'm like, thank the Lord I'm out of here. Like, there, there are certain great places in California. Don't get me wrong. Especially if you're in tech. Being inside Silicon Valley is wonderful. Uh, it's, it's something you have, you have to be there for. Um, but for me... I like a lower living. I like to own a lot of land. I like to, my, uh, usually, usually my go-to is I want to be able to step off my porch butt naked and not care because no one around can see me. That's always my goal. It's like, I don't want to live around people. I want to be myself. Hey, that's cool. So, so you guys moved from, so now your family was in the agriculture business. Correct. So did they ever get into like the almond butter business or they just sold almonds just as they were? No, no, no. We, we lived around almond orchards. We weren't actually in it. So my dad actually worked for a uh, feed mill and trade, trade commodities. So he was, oh, okay. uh, he managed a feed mill and, and traded wheat commodities back and forth. So we moved out here. He still does the same thing in Southern Missouri. Uh, I've moved around Missouri and Kansas for a while, but I kind of settled on pretty much. I mean, I'm in the uh, Kansas side of Kansas city. It's pretty close. So, so uh, I, I, you know, I was looking at the different businesses you're involved in. There's quite a few. And so is your dad or your family pretty relatively entrepreneurial, would you say? No, my dad is, I think I, so my dad is to a degree, uh, I mainly got it from uh, my grandparents. Um, I think a little bit there too, but ever since I was younger, I remember having a garden or, or doing something and getting fruit or vegetables and selling them on the side of the street to people driving by, you know, you, like kids with lemonade stands, right? Yeah. That's I remember that, that's always a hustle. That's a hustle. Yeah. That's a hustle. Well, yeah. But I mean, and you, you probably relate to this So as a kid, like, I think like who you are as an adult really reflects who you are as a kid. But in between that being a kid and being adult, you go through so many stages of learning. Like 
you go to high school, you go to college. It's not like you can really practice being an entrepreneur unless you're like majoring in it. Like it's not like you have, you can really do a whole lot in that area. Then you get a desk job and, and you come to find out you hate working for the man. You hate working for a desk job. You know, you want to do something your else, something on your own. And I kind of started realizing that around 2018, 2019 decided, Hey man, I can, I can do things my own way. I can start my own companies and, and take a risk. Like I'm young enough now where it's risky to take a jump like that, but can prove fruitful if, if you're good at what you do and you're smart and how you attack it. And so, um, so my wife and I are actually both entrepreneurs. We both are uh, work from home and own our own companies across a, a myriad of a spectrum of companies. So, so what does your wife own? I mean, I, I want to talk obviously about the business yeah. that you're involved, but um, you know, it's, I, I, I agree. My better you. half. <laughs> yeah. Well, I agree with what you're saying though. As a, as a kid, you can start seeing certain things come out and then yep. life has a tendency to kind of shift and mold you right or yep. wrong. And then eventually as you get older, you know, it's so funny how, as you get older, I used to think I knew everything when I was like 16. I'm sure you did too. Right. You think you're king shit, you know, everything. And then oh, you yeah. realize as you get older, you realize like, damn, I didn't know anything. And, and it really makes me appreciate having mentors around me that are older and wiser because they've actually gone through these things. Uh, I see it with my kids, right? So I have a seven and a 10 year old. And, you know, of course my son thinks he knows everything, right? And, <laughs> you know, we'll be in the gym and we train all the time together. And he, I'll be like, hey, I think she's like, duh, 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 duh. and then, you know, later on he'll admit that I was right. But in the moment he's just, anyway, so let's talk about uh, your wife. So what kind of businesses does she have? Yeah, so she um, owns a couple of neighborhood franchise magazines. And so we have really um, in Kansas City, she works for a company called Into, um, and so I don't even know what Into stands for, to be honest. Um, and inside some really upscale neighborhoods, uh, they get uh, magazines delivered to their door for free. And those magazines, inside the magazines, have content about themselves, people, people in the neighborhood. Hey, Jason, you're part of this upscale neighborhood. Here's a story about Jason Kalipa's family, what he's up to, what he does. Maybe there's other content pieces about other people in the neighborhood, what they're up to. You know, like Mr. and Mrs. Jones, like to read up on yeah. each other. As a, uh -huh. as a prime example. And then, of course, inside the magazine is ad space. The ad space is filled with, you know, you probably don't, if you're an upscale neighborhood, you probably don't do your own lawn. You probably have a landscaper or you, have, you need a doctor or you're, you have car dealerships in there, whatever the case may be. And so she is a salesman at heart, like a straight up hustling salesman, has taught Ooh. me everything I know. Yeah, yeah. Like She's it. savage. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what she does. And then she also owns and operates her own uh, clothing uh uh, brand. So she's always wanted to design her own clothes uh, since she was in college and she decided to start that during COVID because she had extra time in her hands. So that's what she does too. I love it, man. So you got what grip performance, functional eating, like wh wh how many businesses are you involved in at this point? And then I'm going to ask the obvious question, how much is too much and does yep. it distract you? So how many companies yep. are you involved in uh, as of right now? And then obviously we got to talk about the boxing thing. Course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So companies I'm involved in. So um, a basic, simple one, obviously I'll define them really quickly. Basic, simple one is it's very easy to sell programming if you're a CrossFit Games athlete or in the fitness industry. And so that's grip, right? That's a pretty simple one. I have a, I have a team of individuals that help me with that, that are very, that are fantastic. Um, one thing uh, that I've been blessed with is I have people around me that are really good at what they do. And I have mentors that I have in my companies that help me out tremendously because one thing I know is I am no expert in anything. And so if I need help, I go out and seek that help quickly. And I have a, so my coach who coaches for myself and also coaches for Olivia, who won the, the games in her division this past week, uh, is also helps me run grit. And so that's grit. Um, then functional eating is an online nutrition company. Um, we had an online, we had a nutrition company, nutrition concept inside of our affiliate and inside of our gym that was ran by a couple of people. And it was doing really, really well inside of our gym. And so the concept kind of brought up of, hey, we're delivering a fantastic product, but it's only inside these four walls. Like, what if we take it outside these four walls? How much better would it be? And how much more could we provide for the coaches that are coaching and help them uh, supplement their income and possibly quit their full-time jobs and do this full-time since I had a passion for it? And so I kind of jumped on that team, offered them the conduit to get outside of those four walls and to reach people across the world. And since then, we have like, six or seven online nutrition coaches that uh, have all been making enough money that they can quit their full-time jobs. And for me, that's exciting, right? That's super exciting. That, that, that's the dream. That's a dream. Like you don't want to, some people like work on a desk job, working for the man. I hate it. I would rather someone have freedom to do what they want. Take a, take a vacation. Don't ask me. As long as you get your work done, I don't really care. 
And so that's, that's the dream, the freedom. And so that's functional eating. And then the other three companies that I own or co-own, actually one of them we sold, but the other three companies are all app-based. Um, one of them is, well, the one of them we, we had talked about was with- uh, Yeah, Stream. Um, uh, yeah, that's Stream. Yep, so Stream takes the idea of Zoom, like we're doing now, like, you know, like during COVID, and hopefully it doesn't come back, please. Uh, so hope during COVID, when we were all forced to go home and work, uh, work at home or whatever, the idea was let's take Zoom and augment it and make it for live classes. Put a timer on screen. Let's let's put it for uh, let's put it for like coaches can talk over people. People can put the workouts on screen. Essentially, it's as much as we can because you can't do it perfectly, right? A community in person is always going to be the best. But if we can make it as close as possible on virtual, it'll make the virtual side not as bad as it seems. Because some people are just not going to go back right. to the gyms. And that's okay. Like, that's fine. Yep. Um, and so that's stream. Uh, the other one that you and I had talked about was, um, was a program delivery service called Ignite um, that we actually recently sold, um, got acquired. And so Ignite uh, is, a, is a company that got acquired uh, by a much larger company. And we haven't announced that just yet. So you and I keep to ourselves. But we got acquired by a much larger company that you and I talked about a couple of days yeah, we'll, ago. We'll, and we'll keep that to ourselves as we're talking on a, on a public platform. But yeah, 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 but we don't have to say who, who purchased oh, this. Oh, kind of the yeah, idea. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, yeah. got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, we got acquired. I don't have a problem saying that. We got acquired. And so we're working with a much larger company. And the idea behind that was kind of how it, it came to fruition was I coach uh, an online co- community. You coach an online community. And I got tired of the community that I was putting my uh, workouts on. I got tired of the app that I was on at the time, not caring about my retention as a coach, but they only cared, but they only, but they only cared about retaining me on their app, making their app sticky, but not helping me retain my, like not caring about my business as much like my business. And so they didn't really care about, I guess they cared about B2B, but not B2C, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. And so that's where that company kind of came to fruition, which was Ignite, um, which has essentially been, been acquired. And I'm working for a much larger company now. So, Good. Yeah. And, and so like, I'm, I'm looking at these different companies and the entrepreneurial yeah. spirit. And obviously, I mean, you're, you're a charismatic guy. You have, you're, you're involved in all these different companies. How's that like having partners? Because how many, you must have quite a few partners what, what are some lessons learned there? Because, you know, for us in our business, we've done a, you know, a variety of different things. We've had partnerships, we've done collaborations um, and they're not always rainbows and unicorns. They don't always work out. Um, what types of things have you experienced through partnerships and any kind of crazy stories that you think could kind of help someone in the future? Yeah. So, so Jason, did you, what did you major in college? Do you have a business degree? Business. Yeah. Okay. Smart man. Okay. So I didn't have that. So my um, bachelor's was in mathematics, uh, pure mathematics. And um, I didn't get the, the business side. Now, I don't think, I think a person like yourself, even if you didn't have that degree, I think a person is born for business, is born to lead, is born to run companies. Like, I think that's kind of born. But I didn't have the learning process of how to work with people as well, because your math doesn't teach yeah. you that. Well, speaking of which, and, before you keep going on this, with math, what was the vision for what you're going to do with the math degree coming out of college? <laughs> Honestly, Jason, I showed up to college and I remember sitting with, I came in undecided and true story. I sat down with my advisor and, I, and we sat down and I've always been a person who likes a good challenge, whether it's boxing or whatever. And she goes, what do you want to major in? And I said, what's the hardest thing you offer? And she goes, probably a, a degree in pure mathematics. And I was like, deal, put me in a math class. I'll crush it. And I, and I loved it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, to me, math is black and white. There's not a whole lot of gray, right? It's like, it's this or it's one plus one is two. You know, it's not like I before E except that C, you know, the English stuff where it's like there's so many rule breakers. Um, so I enjoy just the, the pure logic of it. Um, and I think... I think when people, when you go to college, like college isn't meant to like learn business that you're going to apply or learn. I don't apply math now, but it teaches you to, to think a certain way. And I think yep. that's the beauty of college to me. Yeah. It's very difficult as a freshman. You know, I'm thinking about it. So my daughter's 10 and, you know, mm-hmm. she'll be in college and let's just say, I don't know, seven years, give or take six, seven years. And I'm just looking at her and the maturity level. And I'm like, man, 
that's a very big decision to make when you're like a freshman yeah. or a sophomore. And this is like the old school mentality, like, hey, pick the route you want to go. And you're in that for the rest of your life, like engineering or whatever it is. Like my dad came from Iran and in Iran, it was like, look, you're either a doctor or an engineer. That's it. Mm -hmm. um, so I wonder where school is going to shift in the future to give more flexibility to people like us where, you know, maybe you, you take a little bit more time to kind of figure out where you want to go and yeah. create this like general thought process, like you're saying. So anyways, to, to get back to what you were saying. So you start, you come out of college, with the math degree, so that you're able to kind of do all that. I mean, you could probably crush some long division, huh? You did. I'm all, I'm, yeah, 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 probably. You're probably me, and Matt, me, and Fra me and Fraser could sit down and talk about our days just playing with calculators during college all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I remember the first time I got my TI-83. Uh, I think that's what, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. But uh, back to, like, business side. So you come out, right, and, you know, I think school, like you're saying, you, you can go to business school, but it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to actually live it. So through your experiences, how has that gone? I, it's been so I think like I didn't have business I think I was it was ingrained in me like I had an ability to like run and have ideas and be creative but that's why I pulled in so I have a mentor that a mentor and a friend uh, that I have her name is Jill she's also my coach and she has a business degree and did business a lot quite a bit and also worked for the army active duty and doing a lot of that stuff for the army and so having her available to help me out with certain things it has been beautiful because it's a learning process right like I'm I'm continuing to learn as I, hey, that was a bad decision. We, next year, we can't make that decision. So I'm continuing to make good and bad decisions. But I think it's the beauty of, of being an entrepreneur is I love taking risks. And I think you have to be able to take risks and think, hey, that was a bad decision. But hey, I learned from it. And next year, we're not going to do the same thing. And you just have right. to learn from it as you go. Yeah, that's an interesting point with the, the risk thing. I think anybody listening to this um, who's interested in starting a business, I do think it's really important to recognize that not everybody is made to be an entrepreneur and that's okay. Like not everybody should be an entrepreneur. There's plenty of people who are head of sales, head of finance, head of whatever that are crushing it. But if you decide you want to start a business, you have to be okay with what you're saying. Like that you have to be okay with some risk because if you never go out there, it's like competing at the CrossFit games. There is some risk involved, not necessarily like injury. Like that's, yes, that's a piece of it. But I just mean like when you're thinking about your game plan for the workout, you got to, if you want to actually win or do well, you have to kind of, push the threshold. It's the same thing with business. If you want to push past your current limits, there's some risk and sometimes it's going to go well. Sometimes it's not. Remember that? Hey, do you remember that uh, Camp Pendleton? No, I don't think you were there. That was 2000. I wasn't there for Pendleton. I wasn't Dude, there for that year. Camp Pendleton was <laughs> such a good example of that because we finished this gnarly triathlon and we do the, yeah. uh, uh, the obstacle course and yeah. you just had to like full board. Risk like if you wanted it. to yeah. do well, you just had to just go. You couldn't second guess yourself. So Anyways, back to, back to you and, and uh, talking about risk. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it was, uh, I think now looking back, I think more colleges offer a degree in being an entrepreneur, which I think is a really good idea, right? I think it's a really good idea to, to get young kids, teach them basics of business, basics of accounting, basics of finance, you know, basics of taking risk, uh, take their ideas and help them make it better. Because obviously when you go into an entrepreneur field, you have a passion for something. You and I have a passion for people in fitness. And it just so happens that sometimes that kind of tailors or, or kind of overflows into tech. That's okay. But if we look at it, you and I are fitness. So if we could have gone back and gone to school, it would have been like, hey, my name's Jason. I'm really passionate about fitness. Okay, Jason, what do you have a degree in, a background in? Well, nothing. Okay, we need to teach you finance and accounting and how to run a business and, and then how to take your idea and flourish it and make it better. So I'd be, be really cool to be able to go back and take that, but that, didn't, that wasn't offered at the time for me. You know, I, I donate quite a bit of time um, to a local university here where I actually went to school and I guest lecture on a regular basis. And some of those type of conversations are happening now. And it's really cool because I just come in there because I started our company right out of college. And so mm -hmm. I just try and share my perspective. Right. And um, anyways, the entrepreneurial bug is definitely all around. I think there's a different way of looking at it. And, you know, experience plays a huge role. So identifying mentors is critical. So you have one, so you have a coach, you said for your fitness, but is that for your business too? That's both. So this person. She does, she, she does both. Yeah. She is a jack of all trades. So she does both. She is absolutely wonderful to have. Cause if I have a bad idea, she tells me it's bad. <laughs> so how do you, how do you balance? So with the different companies, how much, when are you going to know if it's too much is too much, right? Like, do you think you're getting to that point now where, you're kind of being good oh, yeah. at everything and great. Are, are, like, 
what is that process looking like right now from a business perspective? Yeah. So right now, uh, I'm at the, I'm at the point where I can't take any more. Um, so I can't take anything more on my plate right now. So if you were like, Hey Jake, I want to offer you a coaching job. Like, Hey Jason, you can't pay me enough. I, can't, I, I yeah. so I have to, I have to time value myself, right? So it's probably the same way you do. I, I, I have to do a time value. I have to say to myself, okay, so if my hour is worth X, Y, Z, and Jason wants me to come as a part-time project manager for NC fit, what is he paying me per hour? And then what can I not do? And then if, if I can not do that, can I pay someone to do that? Cause that's going to need to re be replaced. And is Jason paying me enough to do that, get that done. And so it's right now, it's just the time value of money for me and everything I do. So I have to, I have to weigh out everything I do, whether it's vacation or anything of that nature. Um, I think once this boxing is done, I'll have a lot more time on my hands. That's about like two hours a day, plus like an hour of driving. So like three hours a day worth of that. And, and that'll be nice to be able to be done with that. And uh, then kind of focus my time on the other aspects around me. Well, that's a, that's a really good uh, launch point to this conversation. So I, um, it's one of the things that I've been working on is trying to say no more often and trying yeah. stick with the things we're doing. And we're not even optimizing what we're currently doing. So why are we pivoting into new things until we really get our thing going? And exactly. it, it was, it was, when I had, when, when we were expanding from one gym to the next, it was easy to say, hey, is this gym uh, reaching its potential? And you could like see the member class size. It's really easy to say, no, you know, we can get more. Let's focus here. But as life goes on, you start doing more of these digital things. It's harder to tell if you're really reaching your potential. So when an opportunity arises, you're like, oh yeah, jump on it. And so that's something I'm, I'm working on as well. But let's talk about the boxing is, you talk, <laughs> about, you talk about this time value of money and where your energy goes, right? Things will start to grow because, you know, generally the way it goes. So if you're spending two hours a day boxing, how did this boxing concept come up? And uh, I actually just got done hitting the heavy bag in the garage inspired by you. Um, <laughs> you kicked it though. I don't kick. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I spent quite a bit of time, um, you know, years ago doing a lot of Muay Thai and I, I work quite a bit of it. So I want, I set up a bag in my garage. It was actually inspired by you and uh, Josh. I'm like, dude, I need a bag back up in my garage. And so I've been hitting it, but tell me, how did the fight, how did boxing come into play just in, at a high level? Yeah. So going back to your time value of money, right? So it was offered to me. And at first, at first take, I was like, okay, they're paying me pretty well for them. I'm going to make pretty good money off it. So I'm like, okay, well, make them good money off it. So that, that kind of checks that box. But I was like, is this worth my time? Cause if this takes two to three hours a day. Like we've talked about, like, could I spend that two to three hours in someplace else? And you're absolutely correct. I absolutely could. But the idea is, and like we talked about kind of on a previous call we had just for a different business, is like taking CrossFit and leaving the sport and taking our fitness outside of our four walls. You know, like people tend to think, oh, I'm great at CrossFit, but they never take it outside the gym and use it anything. Like go do a Spartan race, you know, Go, go do it, go take a Taekwondo class, go do whatever the case may be, go do something. Uh, and they don't do it. And so I've always preached people need to do that more. So when this was offered to me, I thought to myself, man, it'd be pretty hypocritical if I said, ah, nah, I'm not going to do that. Um, but the money was worth it. Um, I think it was something new and I think it's, it'll be cool to see different CrossFit games athletes try something that's outside their wheelhouse. I mean, really, to be honest, it's not really outside your wheelhouse. You just have never tried it. You don't even know if it's in your wheelhouse. I mean, like right. when you first time you might've tried Muay Thai, you might've thought, oh, I don't know how to do this. But after time, you're like, oh, I'm good at this because of reasons I never explored when I was doing CrossFit. You know, so anyways, yeah, ahead, ahead. Well, I want to lean into that more. So like, you know, you and I were talking about this before. And I really think that there is, there needs to be a bigger push here because of how valuable it'll feel to the human, mm. to the person. So here, here's what I mean by that. We talk about, oh, you got to get, you got to use your fitness, right? We always talk mm -hmm. about that. But when most yep. people think about using your fitness, you're thinking about walking up the stairs, picking up your kids, lifting the groceries, which a hundred percent, if you're training in the gym, it benefits you. And for me, fitness is all about this idea that I never want to, it to inhibit the things that I need to do or the things that I want to do, right? So I want to be mm -hmm. fit enough that if my kids go ask me to go do something, I can do it. But there's this whole other layer where, man, you know, sometimes you're working the 21-15-9 just to get better at the 21-15-9. But if you get outside the gym and you start doing something, you might actually feel how all this hard work you've been putting in for so many years, it really plays into the sport so well. 
it could be re- yeah. like I'm sure you felt that, right? Yeah. Let's see. One good example. The first time I think I did something that was outside my wheelhouse was in 2018. Uh, I did not qualify for the games because of a not well thought out handstand pushup standard. And I was like in the fittest shape of my life. And I'm like, well, what the heck am I going to do now? And a buddy of mine, Hunter McIntyre was like, Hey, you should come try this thing called tough mutter X. Essentially it took t- a one mile tough mutter race involving only obstacles one mile. So pretty short. And then put like functional fitness movements in it. D-ball, dumbbell, shoulder, overhead, lunges, basic CrossFit movements. You're right. Basic CrossFit tenants. And I went and did it and did fantastic. Did a couple races, got second, went to nationals, took second and, and had a great time. And it's at that point I realized, you know, you're right. Like being good at 21.59 doesn't mean you're only good at 21.59. Take that outside these four walls and you'll be surprised. How, what you're good at. So since then, I've tried a bunch of Spartan races, a bunch of long distance races. I did a bunch of cyclocross races, which I thoroughly enjoyed after the games that I did a bunch of cross races there uh, and just take it outside and try some things you never thought you'd be good at. Yeah, I think the idea of, of combat sports is really interesting, too. So, you know, I think there's this direct correlation when you think about CrossFit athletes to these endurance events like you're referring to. Right. More, more mm-hmm. endurance events. I mean, we, yep. I, I've done some tough mutters and they were awesome. They're a lot of fun. Um, uh, dude, my, my, the first stuff motor I did was in Lake Tahoe, <laughs> super freezing. Right. And, uh, we had a big crew there and this one dude shows up and he's like, oh yeah, I'm wearing a speedo underneath my shorts. And I'm thinking, Hey, I said, Hey, I'll pay you a hundred bucks. If you just wear the speedo the whole time. Right. Just kind of as a joke. Yeah. Turns out this guy's like, sure. He used to be a diver in college, so he didn't care. And this guy and I ended up, he ended up running right in front of me for the full like six hours of the rows. So the, the, the joke was on me because I had his butt in my face for six hours, whatever it was, and I had to pay a hundred bucks for it. So anyways, that was my first <laughs> tough mutter experience. So back to the combat sports though. I mean, how do you feel like it's transferred over into boxing and what are some lessons you've learned there? Cause you and I are referring to this like 16 year old that came into the gym and just kind of, you know, before you even know it, you're just getting lit up. And so yeah. it's one thing to be really good at the sport of CrossFit. It's another thing to actually have these outside skills. But where is the carryover? What have you seen from a blend? Yeah, so I've, I've noticed that I, I haven't really seen a whole lot of carryover from CrossFit to boxing. Like, I mean, I was, I was in shape, so I'm sure it could have been worse, right, to come to boxing for conditioning. But there were so many things that were different that didn't carry over, right? So, for instance, like, uh, you and I in CrossFit coach is going to yell at you. Hey, Jason, stay on your heels, stay on your heels, what's in your heels, unless I'm doing double unders, it's always in your heels, right. Or in the balls of your feet or the, or the weight of your foot. Whereas for boxing, I'm mostly on my toes. I'm moving quickly. I'm only on my heels. If I'm throwing something a little bit harder or some kind of cross, that's pretty hard. Um, and then the other thing was I have to stay light in my shoulders, but I can't tense up. Whereas if you and I are going to do Randy or do Isabel, like I'm right here, pretty tense up. Cause I'm snatching over yeah. and over where I'm approaching a barbell. Whereas for boxing, if I'm here the whole time, by golly, by the third round, I'm going to be exhausted and I'm going to get knocked out. And so there's a lot of things that didn't carry over, but I will say spending more time boxing has improved my fitness in CrossFit. So maybe, maybe in the next couple of years, you see a couple more CrossFit games out that's go box, just get better at CrossFit. Right. Um, but the conditioning there is just Josh and I talked about it like a couple of weeks ago at the games. It's ridiculous. Like I've never sweated so much in my life. It's but it's been well, a good time. What types of things? What types of things are you doing from a conditioning perspective? Uh, I mean, I have an idea, but what what is it in particular? Um, let's come with some good examples. Uh, so we do a lot of intervals. So it's we're obviously doing six threes, right? So six three minutes on with one minute off. Six threes is how we're boxing. Um, so a lot of our intervals are obviously three minutes on, one minute off. And so we'll go with, hey, we're going to hit heavy bag for three minutes. We're going we're gonna to hit mitts for three minutes with a one minute rest. I think one of the worst ones we did a couple of days ago was we did um, three minutes hitting a double end, right? That little like, like a little snitch bag with like two. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that thing's coming right back at you. Yeah, smacking me in the face, making me feel bad about myself. Yeah. Um, so three minutes on the double end, minute rest, three minutes. Uh, on the heavy bag minute rest. And then I take my gloves off and I'm doing in the next three minutes, I'm doing a 400 meter run and then max aerosol bike cows in the three minutes. And I'm doing it like twice or three times through a three times through, I think. And I just remember thinking, this is awful. Like I am, I'd rather do Fran over and over than do this again. 
Um, but it's just a lot of upper body, right? And so it's a lot of conditioning that I wasn't used to and it's been enjoyable. Dude, anytime you're hitting the mitts, that's the hardest. Like when I used to spar a lot um, and you'd have like a, either tie pads or focus mitts, it's tough because yeah. you got a, you got an instructor with you, right? And you're just trying to keep up with their cadence. Unlike when you're on the bag, you can kind of, I mean, you're going at it, but man, when you yeah. have someone who's just coming at you, I'm sure they're just now are they getting to the point where you're, you're this far in where they're, they're, you're sparring, sparring too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we've been uh, doing, um, been sparring for a little while, but not really hard. It's been like technical in the beginning, right? So it's kind of technical sparring, like we're learning as we go. Uh, but we've been doing hard sparring where we're going into uh, a place in downtown Kansas City. It's not even our gym. And they just shove me in a ring and they're just like, hey, we need three people to spar this guy. And then I'll spend two rounds with this guy, two rounds with this guy, and two rounds with this guy. It's the round robin. So I've done that a few times and <laughs> on got average, smacked around. When, yeah, do you, so do you get, you, get, you get smacked around like on average? Like how are you, how are you hanging? Um, so I mean, it's not – I played football throughout college. I've been hitting the head quite a bit. Um, we, we do spar with headgear. I will say that. Uh, and so when we're in the fight, we're not using headgear. We're using 16s for gloves, but no headgear. Um, but, uh, um, yeah. And what are you training with times. right now? What size gloves are you training with? 16s. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, but, uh, yeah, I've been smacked around pretty hard, hitting pretty hard in the sides and the face. And I mean, it, the first time I got hit, sure, I was nervous. It's like the first time you get a first play for football, the first workout, the CrossFit games, the first whatever, right? You're always nervous to be like, oh, oh, am I going to die? And then you get hit, you're like, ah, I didn't die. Okay, let's just, let's just continue this and have some fun. So, Yeah, I, I think it's fascinating, though, the, the, the carryover that you're talking about. And so I hope we see more people transfer from the sport of CrossFit into other areas. And obviously, I'm a big proponent of jiu-jitsu, but if it's boxing, kickboxing, it could be anything. It's just... I think it's so cool and it's so humbling, right? Because it's yeah. so cool to see how your strength and conditioning probably plays over really well, where conditioning is probably never a factor for you, I imagine, from a boxing perspective compared to most. Is that, have, have you seen that where when you're going rounds, well, maybe, maybe the boxers are actually better conditioned, but are, are you better conditioned than most people or are they already pretty damn conditioned too? So when I've done some hard sparring with people and they've rotated, so I have a new person every two rounds, oh. I stay in. And so I can tell by their second round, they're getting tired and I have to keep going. So by the last couple of round five, round six, uh, I'm getting pretty tired, but usually I'm still on average on par with them. Now, granted, these guys are just, they don't have a fight on the car. They don't have a fight on the calendar coming up. So they're not trying to get in shape for anything other than just whack me. Um, but it, there's been some carryover from CrossFit to boxing. I will say there is a lot of difference where I wasn't used to because the first time I showed up, I remember the coach being like, Hey, you obviously think you're in shape. And I'm like, obviously. And uh, oh, <laughs> you're like, you. ob yeah, you're obviously. Yeah. I, I was, I was literally like, obviously he's like, Hey, I'm just going to warn you. Like, this isn't the same type of shape. And he was, he was right. He was, he hit the nail on the head. Like it's a lot different. Like we talked about shoulders are, are, are less loose. Like we're, we're moving around a little more, a lot more upper body than I'm used to than in CrossFit and just a lot different. I mean, obviously you're learning the cadence and you're learning the numbers. So There's a lot of learning in it too. Um, and then of course the next factor you play into is when you and I do CrossFit, no one comes around the corner and slaps me in the face really hard. And then says, keep going. Like, but now it's like, I'm getting hit in the face and getting hit in the side. And then there's the idea of emotion, like, oh, I, Jason just hit me really hard. I want to hit him back. You know, not really, like, I want to hit him back in the right way. I don't need to necessarily go out and just be, take vengeance. And then, you know, I have a huge hole, gaping hole and I get smacked because of it. So there's a lot of extra pieces that play into it that I, that I have thoroughly enjoyed for sure. Do, do you think you'll pursue more sports like this where it's less so in CrossFit or, I mean, football's, I guess, well, it's a team sport, but it's very much sure. dynamic, right? Where Yep. Let's just say you're running back. You're going to pivot one way. Someone else is going to try and tackle you a certain way. But it's very, it's it is dynamic. But in boxing, it's very much so. Um, uh, it's a give and a take, right? Where in yep. CrossFit, let's just say it's a uh, Fran. Well, there, like you said, there's no one that's going to come out of the ring, and there's no variables that are outside of your like. You know what the lane is, right? Yep. Do you think you'll start pursuing more sports that are more dynamic in the nature, like what we're referring to? Uh, through this experience you think ah you know no <laughs> i don't know i think i think what's going to happen is after this fight um stuff in my life has always just popped up 
usually someone will pop up and say, Hey, they don't even know I'm retiring yet. And they're like, Hey, you want to box Josh Bridges or Hey, I'll get done boxing Josh and something else is going to freaking pop up. I just know it. So you need something random probably too. You want to go learn how to play water polo or polo on a horse. Um, and so something's going to pop up. I know for a fact that as soon as I'm done boxing, um, the focus is going to be switched from boxing uh, back on to, I've been, a, uh, I've been competing in a lot of um, shooting sports. And so that's always been a passion of mine outside of CrossFit. And so one of the sports I've been competing in involves fitness and shooting at the same time. And I've been doing that just for fun for many years. Someone decided to make it a sport. And so that's what I've been doing um, in between boxing practice and CrossFit. So That's awesome. I can't wait to see some of that stuff yeah, happen. It'll be fun stuff. So when you guys, so they asked you to do, to take the fight. Um, is it true that Josh was supposed to fight Dave or was that a rumor? No, that was true. That was straight true. He was, uh, he was going to box, uh, Dave. Um, so I think it started as like a, like a joke, right? They were both right. boxing at the same time. Like, and, and then Eddie Hall and half four, uh, they created a card for them and the people who created the card were like, obviously these are two guys who are not boxers by trade. And so Bridges' manager was like, hey, you know what? Like, it'd be cool to put more people on that card who are not boxers by trade. So no one's expecting a great theatrical performance, but it will bring it's fans entertainment. in. It's entertainment. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's great. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, Josh was boxing at the time. So was Dave. They offered to Dave and Josh. They put a contract in front of him. Dave, or Josh signed it. Uh, Dave did not. I mean, for Dave... I don't know. It's kind of a lose-lose. Like, no one's going to be on Team Dave. Like, everyone's going to be Team Josh in that aspect, right? Um, but Dave turned it down for uh, a couple of reasons, I think. Uh, they offered it to another uh, male CrossFit Games athlete uh, who turned it down. Uh, and then I was – I think they went back to Dave, and they asked Dave, like, hey, we got, like, six, seven months. I think it was, like, we got six months of this fight. Like, who do you think would want to take this fight within time? And he was, like, ask Kepner. And so they asked me and I was like, Hey, something new, something to learn. I'll get paid for it. You know, should be a fun time. Uh, and so I, I took it. And so I was the third choice essentially. And so you have a little bit of a size advantage on Josh, right? Yeah, correct. So I'm, uh, I usually walk around around 197 to hundred. I compete around 192, 195 or usually 195, five foot seven. Usually, uh, Josh is competes at like, well, he's 5'5", five five, and he competes at like 165, 170, so about 30 pounds. Um, now, after I was done competing CrossFit, I stopped lifting as much. Obviously, it's not going to make me faster. And all this conditioning, I've already lost a bunch of weight already. Um, so I think I'm already around like 185, 188, depending on what day it is. Um, and so we'll lose some more um, going into Dubai. They didn't really technically – have me sign a weight class since yeah. it's an exhibition fight. But, you know, like, I'm not showing up being, like, 50 pounds heavier than Josh. It's just it's not fair, right? And also because I'll get tired a lot quicker. Um, so it's in Dubai, so, you said? I, I had to stop. Yeah. I, I didn't realize it was in Dubai. I don't know why I missed that. So that happened today. So, oh. um, yeah, so <laughs> you're good. You're it. fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it was originally in Vegas. Yeah, that's what and, I thought. It was originally in Vegas, and then uh, they moved it out of Vegas because of, like, the idea of, like, we're not amateurs. We're not even on a – we're not really amateurs. We're not even professional boxers. And we were making money in Vegas. I think the gaming commission was like, hey, we can't do this year. So they moved to Jacksonville, Florida, <clears throat> which we were fine to have it there. And then because of COVID, they decided, hey, we don't know what the next month is going to look like. Let's just pull the plug now and move it to Dubai. So the company, the management company that ran it, uh, Core Sports, uh, is out of Dubai. And they're like, hey, let's just move it back home to us. We can control the environment just in case it does get worse and there's no loose ends. And so they actually announced it today, but they told us a few days ago, hey, we might be moving to Dubai. So get your affairs in order. And so, yeah, it's, we're going Bro, to Dubai in September. So now you get to go to Dubai. Are you going to do Dubai is a cool spot. Have you been there before? I have not. I have some friends there. Uh, but I have not been to Dubai yet, so I'm stoked to kind of finally go there. Dude, that's so awesome. Well, man, I'm excited for it. What's the what's the prediction of the fight? What's the what's 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 gonna happen? Give us a play. So I don't know. What is Vegas? What's the ve vetting uh, Vegas betting? Have they started that yet? I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. You I'm look gonna, it up. Yeah. Look it up. 
I don't know. Someone brought that up a few weeks ago, but they hadn't. There was nothing up just yet. I think because they were unsure of the card because I think Eddie pulled his biceps. They were unsure if it was going to continue to happen. Okay. I'm looking on, you know, there's just some Reddit. Uh, I'm, I'm going to find out Vegas odds. Uh, I will find out the, the, okay. the, the Vegas odds. But what do you, what do you, so what do you, uh, what's so the, game, what do you think is going to happen? How many rounds do you guys think you're going to go? You're going to go all six? Well, so it's all six, six threes. I mean, listen, yeah, do you think you're going to go all six? Probably, right? Probably. I mean, it, it's bigger gloves. I mean, we look at our body types, right? Like, you obviously, and Josh could change it up. I don't even know. But obviously, Josh is going to be an inside fighter, right? He's going to be throwing hooks and jabs, whereas I'm going to be throwing more straights because I'm a longer fighter. Like, I have two two inches on his reach um, and and weight and height. Uh, and so, I don't know. Well, see, it'll be fun. It'll be a good old, uh, a good old-fashioned fight. Um, I think we're looking forward to it. Josh and I were laughing about it at the games. Like, it's going to be a, a fun time. Uh, the good part is, like, we can still hit each other. I have no problem hitting J- Josh in the face. J- Jason in the face. Josh in the face. But we're good friends. So it'll be fun to have that experience of being, like, getting into a ring, hitting each other, seeing who's the best boxer, and at the end of it, shaking hands and probably drinking a good coffee or whatever the case may be. Oh, man. Dude, you get to fly out to Dubai. You get to go box. You get to go do something really cool. I think, I think what you and Josh are doing for the sport is incredible. I think it's going to lead to more of this in the future. And I think that YouTube guy who boxed uh, Mayweather, right? Isn't that what it was? He, yeah, he, uh, Paul. Yeah, Paul. He was a really good example of like, dude, it doesn't matter if you're a professional, whatever. If there's a demand for it and there's entertainment behind it, there's people that are willing to pay to see this. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Who's, who's not going to want to watch me and Josh wallop on each other for 18 minutes of pure fun? <laughs> no. And then who knows what the next fight will be. Maybe Dave comes in for, for a match with one of you guys, whoever wins. Ooh, I heard, I heard it's going to be Frazier and Froning, but I don't know. Dude, Frazier <laughs> and Froning would, would be pretty cool too. Um, well, bro, Hey, I'll let you get back to your coffee shop or gentlemen's club, wherever you're at. And, uh, do we got to catch up again soon? It's been really great chatting. And, uh, and I look forward to seeing all the success at all your different businesses and I, I really look forward to uh, your fight coming up uh, with Josh. Um, for anybody well, who wants, we'll, go ahead. Yeah. We'll schedule something after the fight. Let's get the guy together after the fight. We'll talk some more. Ooh, win, I like it. Draw. And for people who want more information about you, about the fight, about everything you got going on, I mean, it looks like there's a bunch of places to go, but what's the best of thought? Uh, you can just go to my Instagram. You can also just Google me. I'm pretty easy to find. I don't have a, I don't have a website for myself, so I make it pretty simple. Just Google you. All right. Sounds yeah, good, good, brother. Well, thanks up. for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. Have a good day, man.